0: And this is the this is the song that we like to start with. Now you're a music dude. Absolutely. Because Dean Delray, everybody, Joshua, fairly normal. Tell me why you would be able to help me with this. Why can't people make music like this anymore? What am I missing? What are what are the artists missing? I know nobody's gonna sing like Shaka Khan. Yeah. But this funk, this groove. Yeah. Why has it disappeared from music?
1: Man, I think that all the time, and then bands just come out, and um, and and it's there. You just, I don't know how old you are, but you just maybe stop seeking it out.
0: Well, who, if I wanted to hear something like this?
1: You know, if you put on, like, St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Yeah? Right now, the second record. Yeah, I just had the singer on. It is so authentic and badass, man, you know, that you just go, oh, wow, these guys are from Alabama, and they're tearing it up, you know? Uh, St. Paul and, and the, the Broken, broken Bones. Absol- and Broken Bones. And ab- what
0: type of, like, what what genre would you but put that
1: in? It would be like Otis Redding meets, um, you got some uh, Al Green in there. You got some Otis. You got a little really? mid- Oh, God, I would fucking hurt you if I played the record. It's my favorite record of the year so far. I'm going
0: to... Uh Unbelievable. I'm, just
1: uh, just go to St. Paul and the Broken Bones right now. All right. On iTunes and uh, St.
0: Paul. Yeah.
1: The the band. Look, I got goosebumps right now, for real. Look at that. I mean, this guy gives me fucking goosebumps. He just did my podcast, and I worship the guy, man. Really?
0: And 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 so, like, how are you finding these bands at this point in time? Because this is not St. Paul and the, and the Broken Bones. Right. Isn't exactly a you know what? I, I'm just
1: fucking out in it. You know what I mean? I feel like um I feel like if half the city? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then do uh no, do, half the city's the first record that had is absolutely incredible also, but I just want to play this song right here uh right there. Flow Yep. Check it out what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah. The guy's voice is is, is so fucking so good! Oh yeah, yeah.
0: That's it right there. Oh,
1: that's white dudes. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's white dudes. That's white dudes.
0: Listen, that? Yeah, come on. That's really good.
1: That that that's just an example, though. I'm I buying think, it right now. I think that what happens is, you um your life goes on. And either you're 100 percent still out there alive, or you've got other responsibilities,
0: and music is not one of them. You know? Yeah, but like, well, the, you know that saying, "You can't fake the funk," right? Is very true. Yeah. Very. You can't fake the funk, which is why, I like, uh, um, you know, when I when when it, when uh Bruno Mars put out that song, I was like, "Oh, yeah. there's gonna be a bunch of copycats." That's what yeah. I thought. And out of the copycats that you'd, because usually when one song hits a bunch of people try to replicate that sound right and that song was so massive yeah. i figured oh somebody's at least gonna come close
1: i don't get into that kind of stuff i, I, I like I, I like it even I, I like it real i don't i don't like the surface stuff of course uh, people grab onto one thing But like, you know, I mean D'Angelo put out a record this year and it's fucking smoking. That guy is pure soul. He's R and B, man. I mean, that guy is the real deal. He's still around, you know. He's still putting out albums? He just put one out. It's insane, man. Have you
0: listened to Beth Hart? Oh yeah. Yeah, Beth Hart? Fucking love her.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of good music. We're just, you know, I just I need new music. I think it keeps my mind. I'm fifty. Yeah. So it keeps my mind young. And uh, as we were talking before the mics were on, it it it's always a rush to me. Like I'll put a band on. I go, oh shit! Oh, these guys got it, man. This yeah. is, and I get excited. You know
0: what I mean? Who's the last person? The last band that gave you that feeling? That band right there. That band right there. That band. The, but and where did you find them?
1: That band. Somebody sent me over about three years ago They know I love uh, Soul rock I, I love all kinds of music but I, Who's the pinnacle for you for soul rock? You know, there's all different ways But I, I think that uh, Prince, Sign of the Times Is the top, top soul rock record You know, yeah. Ballad of Dorothy Parker uh, the actual song, Sign of the Times, uh, If I Was Your Girlfriend. Those are rock tunes, yep. you know. Uh, also, you know, Lenny Kravitz hit it pretty hard in, on the second record, Mama Says. Yep. Really fucking great. Um, that is some soul rock. Uh, of course, and then you get into all that 70s stuff of like P-Funk. Funkadelic, man, you cannot touch this kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. To me, Earth, Wind, and Fire, I I talk about them over and over. Shining Star, that's rock, you know? Shining Star for you to see. It's just booming, And it's just
0: coming from, it's rock that's coming through a different filter. Yeah, exactly. So when you talk about Prince, right? Yeah. And by the way, you- The best. For me, too, he's- The best. Give everybody your background in music a little bit. I played music 25
1: years up until around, I think, oh six or something, and then I started comedy in uh, seven years ago next month. So I played music my whole life, touring, rec- recording, everything, playing, right. you know, making records. But my life has been music since I was probably about uh, this shirt I'm wearing right now. I love that shirt. Kiss 79.) dynasty tour these early concerts when I was in uh, elementary school it really hits me you know
0: you know my brother is about your age also and it struck strikes me like my parents were the same way that sounds like your parents were like yeah. you wanted to go to a concert go to a concert yeah like you people were going to concert concerts way younger yeah and without parents by the way yeah yeah I remember when
1: I first did Marin's podcast people were like come on man you were going to concerts and it's like yeah man yeah. yeah, my mom was a hippie. I was born in Yosemite. I li- you were? Yeah. I lived in the fucking valley of Yosemite Valley right there. She worked at the uh, Awani Hotel. It's like, dude, you know what I mean? What's I mean, the first concert you went to?
0: And did you go with your mom?
1: My mom took me uh, uh, to see all the concerts early on, but I remember specifically uh, one of the greatest things happened to me. I had this uh, best friend named Chris Mihalik. Mm-hmm. We we're uh, sixth grade going into seventh grade summer. Uh, his sister got a car from her parents, but she couldn't get that car unless she drove her younger brother to school every day. So he had, <laughs> yeah. she had to drive us to school, which means she was way older than us. It'd be like sit in the back and shut the fuck up. She had a, a Toyota Corolla. It was green. And uh, her name was Esther Mahalik. Esther Mahalik?
0: Yep. Well, oh, you can't run away from that name. It's funny because my, <laughs> my memory
1: is really firing good today. Sometimes yeah, it goes away. you've hit me with some, yeah. some names. Yeah. Deep track. So she had an eight track, one of those ones that was under, it was like out of dash one and yeah. screwed in under the dash. Yeah. And I remember specifically, she popped in Ted Nugent, Cat Scratch Fever. And I was like, "Whoa, what is this?" And I was, I was a Nugent freak, you know. Is that like
0: you? There are very few songs, yeah. that I can think of that I remember where I was when I heard them.
1: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I remember that one, man. Just
0: like we were talking about,
1: uh, Band on the Run, right. Public Pool, eight eight years old, you know, swimming. That thing's coming out of the metal fucking speaker. Ugh. And the beginning of it came on, and you were like, what? It's three songs. Yeah. That's why I love it. It's three moods, you know? I love that. It starts, it's like laid back, summer, kind of stoner vibe. Yeah. And then it gets into that, you know, uh, the next part, you know, I love that thing.
0: I think, but McCartney was like, sometimes I feel like he was so good at writing songs for a period of time that he he was doing things to challenge himself. I'm sure. Do you know like that, the, the... Happiness Look, is a warm gun.
1: Another one is, it's know, like three songs, you know? side
0: of Abbey Road.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm not you? a Beatles guy either. Is but, that what, weird? It,
0: but it not, I know some people aren't Beatles people. Yeah. Some people who, I know some people who don't love the Beatles, but are like, I can completely respect. Oh,
1: absolutely. I listen to them, yeah. but it's not like my go-to and I couldn't even tell you more than four records, the names of them,
0: you know? Yeah, I, for me, my, the, my brothers, my older brothers were all such huge Beatle fans yeah. that the Beatles really sunk in for me. And I think now that when I look back at the Beatles, what really sinks in is that, you know, I guess the first two albums are pretty close to the same, maybe two or three. Yeah, But they changed their sound basically oh, oh.
1: over a 10 year span it's incredible how much work they put out and who they become oh my they, they're lord they're like these fucking we uh like you know mop top uh, guys and safe or not safe in that era you right. know as i'm reading bruce springsteen's book right now
0: uh and no they weren't I, safe for that era at no all. not at all no.
1: but what i'm saying is if you hear it now yeah safe uh i i don't get into that you know you know that right. kind of stuff, but when I get into the later stuff, you know, Helter Skelter Oh man, the White Album, also um, the last one. What is it? Uh, Let it be. Let it be. Let it be, man. And the rooftop concert. I mean, you know, they're wearing like furry jackets and shit. They got-
0: if you're asking me yeah. what the best vocal is of all time, I would put "Oh, darling" up against so great any any song. The only one to me that 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 rivals "Oh, darling" and just because of the. Number of octaves I think he must have hit. Yeah, uh, you know when Prince sings beautiful ones. Oh, it's that song destroys me. Me too. But he goes from a, a, a decibel that or, or, uh, that some of us can sing. Yeah, yeah. To full voice. Yeah. Do you want him? Oh do my lord! I want you. He, and pitch perfect. And then he hits that. Oh, baby, baby, come on! I want you. Is that the? But for you, do you do you ever think of that? Like that's the best vocal I've ever heard.
1: When I see that song, when he passed away, first of all, it fucking floored me beyond. Beyond, you know? Why? Why? Well, you never think of drugs with him, and then once you figure out, you know, he's a Jehovah's Witness, mm-hmm. uh, he was heavy, uh, you know, he he never had any scandals, you know, he never had any uh, weirdness to him, and... I mean, wha- besides
0: the fact that he was weird as fuck.
1: Well, yeah, but I love that in yeah. my, my artist. <laughs> yeah, the I, agree the with that. The I agree with The better, yeah. But when you, s- I've seen Prince live many, many, many times and and also uh, hung out with him and met him before, you know? So when you... S- I heard he was a good dude. Super good dude. But when you see him live, you think, there's no way a guy on on, on any kind of dope can perform like that, but then I can start to get into why it happened. Of course, uh, his hips are going. Mm-hmm. I guess he uh, has massive pain. I'm I'm 50 right now, and uh, my whole life of riding motorcycles and shit. My knees are starting to hurt pretty bad. Yeah, uh, my feet, you know, my elbows, like for no fucking reason. Just I think from riding so right. long. So him and those giant uh, heels jumping off piano splits. splits and, and his moves are unbelievable, man. And, and they were like that uh, last year.
0: you know. Yeah. I, I have to tell you, like I've, see, I've seen him three times. Or I yeah. ha- had seen him three times. That's not coming out. I got high and it fell on some seats. Oh, good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know what struck me more than anything? And I can, I can only think of, th- I think, three people that I've ever seen that this struck me. The guitar felt like part of his body. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the, crazy. It didn't seem like it was a guitar. It just seemed like... And that, it was the same when I was watching Townsend. I was like, oh, that's yeah. the same kind of thing. I don't
1: know how they play guitar like that. Angus Young, you know, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. Where I played guitar for years, man. And I never, ever had it like that. You know? It's just like... It's just so fluid and yeah. easy. Like, to me,
0: it was always a battle. You know? It was always <laughs> a battle. <laughs> what well, did you like... Okay. So when you're playing, when you when you see those guys, and yeah. it's fluid, right? When you let go that much, or or don't, what does that add? Do you know what I mean? Like what, what is that adding to his performance? If he's so fluid there, yeah. What what is that adding? So that means now he doesn't have to worry a thing about his hands. And also, yeah, it's like then once you're completely out of
1: shell, like when you're having a great set as a comedian, yeah. And you're completely out of your body. Uh, everything. Then you don't have to. You're not thinking about like, okay, the next chord's a G. I got to set up to that. Then I'm gonna sing here and that. It's just comes out.
0: You know. I saw him. You know, he he when he with the guitar on his side as yeah. a lot of, and then he would swing it. Yeah. He could swing it, catch it, and without looking down, start playing.
1: Immediately. It's insane. Like, like, all that stuff on Purple Rain you think's fake. No! And then you're watching the uh, the filming of it. Like, uh, yeah. I'm so obsessed with that movie. And uh, you see him, and he's just, like, crushing it. The beautiful ones, man. It's just that that, it's that scene in the film. Yeah. It's like, at the time that was going on, I had a really serious girlfriend that's a, a high school, 84. Yeah. And um, you have these... Um, Bad, bad weeks or whatever, where you break up or something, and it's pretty fucking epic, tragic to you. Mm-hmm. And then you're wanting to get back. That song to me reminds me of just that. Do you want him? Do you want uh, me? Because
0: yeah. I want you. Listen, I'm gonna tell you right now, yeah. man to man. I put that song on a mixtape for a girl. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, I, did. yeah. I remember because I, you know we used to have to make the mixtapes and we'd have to press record with the cassette, yeah. right? Yeah, right. both
1: of them at the yeah, same time. Yeah, at the
0: same time. sometimes it was a little fucking janky. Yeah, but. I remember, and I also had a microphone so I could talk in between songs, and I remember my lead-in for that song, which was, you know, I know we've been having a rough time. And, uh,
1: <laughs>
0: I hope this song reminds you, you know, how much... You're all it... Elvis. You're all Elvis, <laughs> you're all Elvis. <laughs> and Elvis meets Bruce. Uh, <laughs> I have to tell you, so for me, my favorite Prince album was 1999. Right. International Lover, I think, is my favorite Prince song. Yeah. I don't know why, yep. but there's something about that song that I just fucking love.
1: I love Sign of the Times. I, I think it's one of the most balls-out moves ever because here you have uh, Purple Rain, mm-hmm. and you know the record company was like, give us four more Purple Rains, Yeah, and he just goes, no, here's a funk record, which is insane. And where's the hits? Oh, uh, there are none. You know what I mean? And there's, like, swearing <laughs> yeah. on this. yeah. And and there's, like, it's just, like, completely a 360 of fucking
0: Purple Rain. But his arc of music as a musician, if you go back to where he started, like, besides all the hits he wrote for himself, all the hits he wrote for other people, yeah. and they say there's, like, a, 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 a library vault. full yeah. of
1: shit he never released. It's funny, I read this thing where he said... Um, he was like, you know, I, I never even released my great stuff because I didn't want to give rec- the record company that good of stuff. And I'm like, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you're saying you got something better than Ballad of Dorothy Parker oh, or the beautiful Lord. ones, I'm lining up to buy it. But I don't I don't, I don't know. I, I, I believe outtakes and shelved material is awesome to listen to a couple of times, but it's never, in my eyes, I've got, you know, hundreds of stones and Zeppelin bootlegs. It's never as good as the one they picked, you know? Well, I'll tell it's you- It's
0: different. It's different. It's the, different. It's like the one that Townsend released recently. Yeah. Um, because he, 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 what I didn't know going into Old Cella was that Townsend wrote everything. Townsend yeah. wrote two rock operas. Townsend yeah. wrote-
1: Everything so weird, so, so weird that that comes out of one human. But then you know. But you, think uh, about this: what he
0: said on stage was, you know, I I constantly wrote songs to fit Roger's voice. Yeah, and he said, but I have a lot of songs that I wrote to fit my voice that are just sitting in, like this one that he just released. Yeah, and it's interesting. Like, I guess I had never realized how he's a genius.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: Like, like, um, as I said,
1: the bootlegs called Towns and the genius I got, and it's just him at home with demos. They're exact to the records, but him demoing them. You now imagine that.
0: I, I, I have to tell you, like I, I've listened now, you know, now you can go on YouTube and you can listen to people's voices just taken out of the yeah. track. And I've been doing a lot of that. I did it a lot with Cobain Yeah, Um because his voice gives me fucking chills on some songs because there's so much. uh And for me, Cobain is my kind of wheelhouse. Right. But his voice on some tracks gives me s- chills because you can hear like, I tell you, Smells Like Teen Spirit to me was a song I remember, like it was yesterday when I heard it, I was like, what the fuck is this song? Yeah. And I remember that song shook me up a little bit like this, because we were just coming out of hair metal yeah. and GNR. Of course. Right. And so you get into this guy who just grabbed you by the shoulders and fucking emoted in your face. Yeah. Which was completely different for me. I skipped over that because
1: it's so weird. I was so into Jane's Addiction and Soundgarden
0: that... Uh, Soundgarden, to me, sh- underrated. Chris Cornell, top five rock oh, voices of all time.
1: Oh, man, that guy. I mean, you know, I remember the first time seeing uh, Soundgarden. I was in San Francisco at The Stone. They were opening for Voivod. And at when the time... When was this? Uh, on, the, uh, on the Louder Than Love record. And... This guy, Tom Wapena, who worked at Triad, which became William Morris later, was their booker. He was also my band's booker. And he's like, hey, man, you got to go down and see this band I'm working with. And I'm like, yeah, I'll check it out. And I go in there, and uh, I was fucking floored. How this is, his is voice before- live? He didn't play guitar back then when I saw him. He was just a front man. He was just wearing shorts, no shirt, combat boots. And he comes out with a six-pack. What size place? It's small, like 800.
0: Oh, his and, voice must have blown through those. And,
1: and, and I just said this uh, on uh, yesterday. I, I, I like to release uh, photos or music like yesterday's Soundgarden Sundays I like to do. Yeah. Or Merciful Fate Fridays, you know? <laughs> so Soundgarden Sunday. It, it's insane to me. It was my Sabbath. Immediately, I was like, whoa, this is the new Sabbath. Yeah. Because it was just so slow and drop-D tuning. It was like... Dark. Yeah. Yeah. I got an idea of something we can do with the gun. You're like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) It was crazy.
0: I See, for me, I put Soundgarden in with just because of the time period right i'll put them in with pearl jam and and i to me i like them more than pearl jam yeah um i sometimes like if you if you just take a sides yeah. my brother was like i don't know anything about Soundgarden. i go go get a sides call me back and then i'll bring you some other stuff yeah he was blown away you know to me what kind of
1: taint Soundgarden a little bit and it's not their fault Uh, But it's a lot like Def Leppard. uh, And people are going to go, what What the fuck is this guy talking about? Def Leppard's first two records, On Through the Night and High and Dry, are some of the best rock records made in the 80s. And then they put out Pyromania and Hysteria. And, you know, they got Hysteria, The Ballad and all that. It's a totally different band. You're like, who is this fucking band? But if you listen to the first two, they're like ACDC, but even fucking like, you know I don't even know how to describe it You check it out But what I'm trying to say Is Soundgarden Once Black Hole Sun hits Yeah That's a totally different band From their first EPs And Flop And that stuff
0: These guys are like Punk rock Black Sabbath man But on, on a, That's that's what I told my brother on On A-Sides You can hear the evolution Yeah They start you early And they bring you all the way through And I was like Pick out what songs you like yep. And then I can tell you Which albums to go to But they also had a Dude, they definitely changed their sound.
1: Totally, that's what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? And, and, I mean, early on, Soundgarden is so fucking, like, so dark and, and heavy that it's a totally, like... Most people don't even know about that no. era, which is the same with Def Leppard. They don't even know about the first two records. I didn't know re- about
0: the first two records. First two
1: records will fucking floor you, man. It's crazy. Mutt Lang does the uh, High and Dry record. So it sounds like, you know, uh, Highway to Hell. Yeah. Be, you know? And it's, uh, the tunes are
0: fucking smoking. Who. Okay. Do you have a band now, a new band that you like that's playing rock and roll?
1: Rival Sons. 100 percent they're playing rock and roll 100 percent no one's touching those guys if you're looking for a rock band yeah uh check out head down the record rival sons head down they have four records out their old school style from long beach they put out a record a year they're uh a record a year a record a year like the old days yeah they are on the entire black sabbath tour right now the farewell tour 17 months I first found this band on their uh, second record called Pressure and Time, where they, and this band's really cool too. One record, they're kind of uh, Zeppelin flavored. Uh-huh. Next record, they're kind of the animals flavored. The next record, they're kind of, uh, you know, the kinks. Uh, but they sound like themselves. I'm not saying oh, this is yeah. but the first uh, one that I get turned on to is Pressure and Time, and I was like, who the fuck is this band? And Burr and I went and saw them at the Echo, and I was like, holy shit, man! These guys going to
0: and good well, live.
1: Oh, beyond live. The singer, man, they got. I, I'm really into ballads since a kid, you know. Yeah. They got a, a ballad called Jordan that you can YouTube, just YouTube uh, Rival Sons Jordan, and don't play the regular one. Look at the one where they're sitting on the couch backstage. Yeah. It's going to fuck you up, man.
0: It's so soulful. Do you have, like, then... So if you were going to put together your all-star band, yeah, could you do that, or just too many... Because my brother's you, you and mean I,
1: with guys now or or oh, I used to do that. You I, could populate I, it. I did a thing uh two years ago called uh Fantasy Rock League. Who, that, so who would you draft? It was really hard, but I I mean basically it would just be Zeppelin. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> but uh I mean, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like to me, you yeah. got three Is do- that your ultimate band, Zeppelin? It's it's between Zeppelin. And and now the Grateful Dead in the last
0: couple years, See, which is I've fr- never gotten into either. them at all. Hated them. Grew yeah, up, me too. Grew up in the Bay Area, couldn't stand. If Zempler. I hear a song, if I hear a song, a Grateful Dead song, right. I'll. There aren't too many things that I'll actively change. I'll be like, well, I'll listen to that. Yeah, I'm like, I can't
1: get into it i think it's a lot like uh bruce to me i hated bruce growing up because it was born in the usa in yeah. my era 84 high school that thing was there
0: born and that the, was a shitty album
1: i can stand it, and i was like my mom loved it i was like this is mom rock
0: yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't know this at all
1: you know what i mean yeah 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 now i'm so obsessed with bruce in the last 20 years you know what happened was. I went and saw Bruce on the Lucky Town tour. Yeah. And I was like, this is garbage. They had that funky band. They played Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. It was horrible. I was like, this is horrible. Who likes this? I remember Steve Young was sitting next to me at the time. I was just boozing. I had sideburns. I looked at like Greg Allman with long hair. I, I saw him. He kept checking his wallet. 49 <laughs> Steve. I swear <laughs> to God, I could tell he was like, who put us in this private box with this guy? <laughs>
0: Uh, wait. So when did you stop playing music? 2006?
1: Yeah. Around there. When did you get clean? 92 92. And so did your music
0: change after you got clean? No, nah, not at all. Cause you know that there's that myth. Yeah. People are always like, well, my art, I need it for my art. And I've heard comics say it too. There's yeah. that's a, to me, a complete myth. Well, I think that you need to dabble in shit
1: throughout your life. I agree with that. To uh open your mind. Of course I could tell you many mushroom trips that really uh were fantastic rehearsing in the uh in the studio for 8 hours playing white rabbit for no reason just dum 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 on mushrooms <laughs> and it never ending. <laughs> I can't tell you if I fucking wrote any hits from it. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, you know, it really, I think it has a bonding thing with band guys. But And then, of course, you get to an edge where uh, either it takes over or you can walk away. I could walk away. I'm pretty strong. It's like the sugar thing. I just fucking walk away.
0: You walked away, no rehab, no nothing.
1: No rehab, nothing. But most of the... uh, I'm the type of guy when something bad happens, I go, okay, I had my run. So I snorted gallons, a gallon, blow for years. Yeah. And one night, my left arm, fully numb, complete numb. I went up to my buddy right in Laurel Canyon, that same mansion where they wrote blood uh, Blood sugar sex magic. Arm was numb. I remember there was a pile of blow there, like Scarface. This no, this is like, uh, 92 is when I quit drinking. Um this is probably ninety around there for coke, because yeah. I was still drinking after. But I remember, uh, there's a pile of blow, and I was all, "Oh, look at this man! I'm gonna do a giant blast!" And I just went up, and it was probably like, I'm not even paying attention. Maybe a gram line, which is uh, lunacy. Yeah. And my arm went numb, and I go up to the guy having the party, and I was like, "Dude, you gotta call an ambulance." He's like, "Nah, man, you gotta ride it out." <laughs> I was like, ride no, it out. Right. I swear to God. He goes, We got Coke here. We got dr you know, we can't have cops up here. And you know, here, take this bottle of vodka and ride it out. And I was like, fuck And I was, I just started ride drinking Ride it out? Yeah. I just you started. think that's
0: what they tell you at rehab? No. Hey, he to ride that fuck you no, out. man. Later
1: <laughs> on, as I tell people, they go, You got a small stroke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like your arm is numb. My left arm is numb. And uh the next day, I I I said, man, if I get through this, of course you find God right away. I'll never do blow again, you know. And usually that works for a minute, and then you're like, oh, I'm better now. Let's do a line. But I was like, all right, I had my run. And And same same with sugar or booze. I quit booze because it was fucking with my voice. My voice started really getting- Booze
0: did? Do you smoke cigarettes?
1: No, but booze, uh, people don't understand the myth of booze it alcohol dries your vocal cords so you think you're drinking fluids but that alcohol dries your cords up so you could drink booze all night but you're not hydrating your vocal cords ah.
0: so they
1: get dry and they start getting raspy and then they start getting calloused and next thing you know you'll have nodes so I went to the doctor and he's like, dude, if you don't quit drinking like tomorrow, you're going to you're going to develop a node and I'm going to have to laser it off. You won't be able to sing for maybe six months. And I was like, "Whoa, I can't do that to the band. Yeah. You know? And uh, I just quit, man. You cold turkey and you'd been snorting or drinking for how many years? Years, man. Since, uh, you know, high school.
0: You know, what's funny. I got a-, a piss. You got a piss. Yeah. Go. I'll keep talking. If you go out, right, keep keep walking around the corner, and it's right to your left. Yeah, right around the corner, right to your left. See that, everybody? Now listen. If I was smart enough to figure out how to press stop and then pick up where we left off, but I don't know how to do that, so I'm just gonna keep talking to you. I'm okay. He knows. You guys know how much I love music. He knows everything about music i don't like i'm not good at same with movies like i know what movies i like i can't tell you the names of actors i generally can't tell you the names of people in bands i have a hard time remembering the names of albums and the names of songs but i know what i like but i can't wait to start listening to the fucking people rivals rival sons and the saint saint whatever he said i already forgot that i'll have to look that shit up um He's back, everybody. He's back. That was easy. Um, St. Paul and the Broken Bones. I'm downloading that right now. Oh, God, yeah.
1: And then those, check those Def Leppard first two And records. Rival Sons.
0: And Rival Sons,
1: Head Down. Oh, man, I can't wait to hear that shit. Um,
0: hey, so you and I, the first time I think you and I ever spoke oh yeah. was about... Because you were going through what I was going through with the the sugars. with the Oh, I'm dying
1: stuff. to talk to you about that because I never really talked about it. I'm doing a bit about it now. But I remember specifically we're in the belly room, green room. And I was just kind of looking over notes. And I hear this conversation going to the right of me. And this is about, I don't know, maybe a year ago, eight months ago or something. Yeah, about eight months ago probably. I hear this, man, you lost a lot of weight. And then I hear, yeah, man, I was pre-diabetic. And then I, and then I looked up and went, my ears perked up because I'd been eating candy my whole fucking life. Yeah. And I go, man, I want to talk to you about that. What, like, how, do, how did you know? What, 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 did you, what signs? And then the guy came in and said, you're on. Yeah. And I went, shit, okay, I'm on. So I go on, I come off and you're gone. It's such a, an interesting story. So you're gone. And then I remember things started happening to me. And and every year I say, I'm going to learn Spanish and quit sugar. And every year... Those are the two? Those are the two. Those are the two. All right. And uh, so you're gone. And then fast forward about four months later, it's my 50th birthday. I'm at the El Rey. Yeah. And I do this giant show with me and Burr and Rogan. And then we play, we do comedy, and then we did ACDC Highway to Hell record. And I sing the whole record. After the show, I remember I had all these friends in town and everything, and I was backstage, and I felt really fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, I overexerted myself, because I did 30-minute comedy set, and then I sang for an hour and 15 Uh, maybe I was wearing this leather jacket. Maybe I overheated myself. Mm -hmm. I had three friends with me in the car. We drove to my house and usually I'd go out and eat and hang out all night with these guys. And it'd be great. It was my 50th birthday. And and I said, man, I got to go home. And I I just didn't feel that good. And the next day I, I went to Vegas. And uh, I remember the car ride out. I was like, man, I don't feel good at all. And it, it felt like a long, long panic attack. I remember mm-hmm. telling Red Band, I go, man, I think I had a serious panic attack. Just too much work. I, was, I put that show together at the El Rey. So I was like, oh, you guys get in the list. Oh, this guy's not in sound check. Oh, we got to get a guitar. Right. I, was, I was running. So I truly felt like it was uh, like overexerted. Which was probably a little bit of it, of course.
0: Well that does add to it.
1: Right. It yeah, does yeah. add to it. So I'm in Vegas seeing Guns N' Roses. Uh their first show back at the T Mobile. How was that, by the way? Which was it fucking smoking. You know, it was the T Mobile just did open, so that was cool. There they are. They're playing tunes. I can't believe they're playing like Coma and fucking What's you know? the
0: best song live they did?
1: I think it's um estranged really i love that tune man and then in live it was oh yeah they kill it i love it i love that they play deep tracks off the illusion records yeah that we're gonna send people to the bathrooms you know like where's paradise <laughs>
0: city you know what i mean piss tracks yeah no
1: <laughs> so i uh, you know i start feeling a little better at the show from i'm like fired up the show's on but then we get to the uh, hotel and i i can't sleep you know, and then I, I go to do a set the next day. I'm headlining and like 10 minutes in, I'm like, whoa, something's wrong with me. I go to the doctor and I tell him what's going on. He tests me and he just comes in. And he goes, yeah, you got diabetes. I was like, what? And he's all, yeah, yeah, well, I'll test you again. But, uh, you know, I come back in a couple of weeks, maybe ate some stuff or whatever. Yeah. Before you came in. But it looks like right now you got diabetes. And I was like, what are you talking about? Diabetes, man.
0: I always thought that's for fat people in the South. Yeah. That's always what I thought. I was like, that's not me. Yeah. It can't possibly be me. Now, uh,
1: people are always. And fat people in the
0: South. I'm sorry. That's uh, just. Yeah. And people
1: are quick to say, well, Dean, you ate candy every day, which I did. Yep. But when I look back on it now, I realized I fucked, I broke my body uh, myself by, I was run over on my motorcycle. Like, I had the worst year this year. I have had the worst. When were you run over? Check this out. May 7th, I'm run over by a lady uh, driving. She steals a Cadillac Escalade on the 110 freeway and thinks she's getting chased on the highway and mows me over doing seven. On the freeway? On the freeway. I fly down, look, my arm here, you can see I'm missing part of my tattoo there. I break ribs, dislocate my shoulder, my whole back is completely chewed. Are you wearing a leather jacket at the time? Yeah, yeah, but I slid down the highway where everything just kind of slid up. I had a full face on, uh, right into the tunnel by Dodger Stadium. Can I ask
0: you a couple questions about that? First of all, how much of it do you remember? I remember the whole fucking thing, man. That's crazy, because most people, yeah. right, when something like that happens, yeah. their brain goes, you don't need to fucking remember this. Okay. I, here's what happened. But when, when you're she sliding, hit me, I was sliding. Are you cognizant when you're sliding? I like, was
1: completely, I was like, man, when is this going to stop? I could, I heard it come up. I was riding. From behind you? Yeah, I heard this. <laughs> like I, like cop car chase yeah. on TV. And I, as soon as I said, what the fuck is that? I looked to my left. <laughs> this car ran me over
0: and so off I the bike you off. go oh you go over the bike yeah, over like the handles 200 feet you land on your stomach i'm sliding
1: on my side my this uh, this here. Is that that just out of curiosity is yeah. that
0: good or bad is that I, where you want to slide i've never
1: slid any other way i don't know but i'm sure it's better than sliding on your head you yeah. Know what I mean? yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> right you know um and then when she hit me, her front tire fell off and she spun backwards and took the whole freeway out. If she didn't do that, she would have ran me over. Completely, she would have ran me over because she was she didn't give a fuck. Obviously, hit me at 70. Holy shit. How far, do you have any idea how far you slid? Like 200 feet. So I'm laying there on the ground oh, and fuck. this guy runs up and goes, holy shit, man, are you all right? And I look up and it's uh, my one of my best friends, Kevin Christie, the comedian. Really? Yeah, and I go, my first thought is like, wow, you see your friends when you're dead.
0: Did you say, Kevin, why'd you hit me with a car?
1: No, I was just like, (laughs) I thought I was dead, and I was like, oh, cool, you get to see your bros while you're up here, wherever I am. Because why the fuck would he be there? Right, and why would you be alive after getting hit with a car? And what are the odds of millions of people in LA, and this guy, like my- Well, that's true, that's astronomical, the odds that he's on the 110 at that time. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So he throws me in the ride and takes me to the hospital.
0: Oh, well, you didn't wait for the ambulance.
1: Oh, well, an ambulance comes, but there's other people fucked up. And the ambulance goes, we, we take you because you were hit first. And I go, well, I got, I got a guy here. Take that woman. There's this woman with a fucked up neck, you know. And I just jumped in the car and went to uh, Kaiser.
0: So you jump in the car. <laughs> oh, yeah. Legs are fine. <clears throat> no, my leg, <clears throat>
1: my ankle is smashed. And my leg is completely ripped open right here, like if you could see the scar, it goes all the way down and uh but i I'm on I'm fucking jacked up on adrenaline, right, so I just went
0: how long till the pain starts to hit
1: you? Once I try to get out of the car, I'm in the car, I'm pretty fine, I'm like, right. oh yeah, just get me to the hospital. It's burning because I got this road rash on my back that would make your fucking head spin. And it's burning. And then I get to the hospital and I try to get out. And I'm like, wow, I can't fucking move right now.
0: It's crazy. Yeah, that's why, by the way, when I ever see dudes riding heli- uh, motorcycles with no shirt, I'm yeah. like,
1: Unbelievable. What?
0: I'm in Arizona. Guys riding in shorts with thongs and a tank top. I'm like, no helmet. So he wants basically no, because if you, if you even do 10, yeah 10 and you fall off your bike with no shirt. Oh Yeah. You're ripping your entire... I tell people, ride
1: your bicycle down the street as fast as you can and then just put your foot on the ground with no fucking shoe on. You know what I mean? Look what happens to your fucking... Oh my
0: God! Yeah, right? When I see that, and I have to tell you, I did see when I was maybe 10 in my hometown. Yeah. I remember I was with my dad. It's one of the very clear, by the way, memories I have of my dad for a different reason because he you know, there somebody got hit off the bike and they were wearing a short sleeve shirt and it was like a T shirt. Yeah. And, you know, a T shirt doesn't no, no. I mean, his upper body was an open wound, but why this and this is just coming to me right now, which is why I'm saying it. It strikes me about my dad. My dad was always that dude to get out of the car. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Now he said, you guys say here. But he was always that dude to get out of the car and run up. He wasn't never gonna be a guy who was gonna sit by and watch. Right. That strikes me. I, I wonder, that's the kind of thing that you have no idea if you're that guy until it happens. Yeah. Like, you don't know if Kevin's that dude. until no. Right? Yeah. Because some people might be, like, too freaked out to get out of the car. Yeah. Scared to see what they're going to see when they get up there. Oh, yeah. But that bone tells, outside the fucking Dude, that body. tells you a lot about Kevin Christie, by the way. Oh,
1: well, he's like a god to me. You know, he's like one of my best friends in comedy and in life, you know. So, I get hit on the bike in men how
0: long's your recovery
1: i just now finally can move put my arms over my head i've been uh, stretching yeah for uh, a year now
0: both arms
1: both arms uh, it was, it was why weird. was it a shoulder thing well i would roll i rolled and this one got dislocated right. but this one i slid down the freeway and it was just, it's just kind of jacked you know yeah like i can move it up now um and the ribs took forever to heal. Of course, sucks no when you no healing laughing. now. No, you're laughing at a
0: comedy club. You're like, oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh just talking and breathing.
1: Dude. The worst. Sneezing? Oh. How many ribs did you break? It was three. The top three right here. Right <sighs> under the
0: tit. A you sneeze know? will knock you out, uh, right? It's bad. The fucking pain? Bad, yeah.
1: Coughing? They were cracked up here, you know, on the side. And it was just like, sucked. I couldn't fly. couldn't do gigs. Why couldn't you fly? Because I couldn't sit right. In a Uh, plane I couldn't sit down right It was just like I needed to lay In a way To where they weren't hurting Because the pressure Of my weight Of my body Would make them fucking hurt Were
0: there Because Because You know This year also As many bad things Have happened Yeah This year also Your comedy career Has really taken a It's taken a leap Yeah it's Did, Did that Like Were you like Fuck I gotta How am I How am I going to perform I went on the next night Check this out. It is a true story. Where?
1: I I had a spot at the store on Red Band's show and I was taking uh, Vicodin super strong. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I feel all right.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? Did you break any bones? Yeah, yeah, I had the well, the, correct All the ribs, ribs and the dislocated, and dislocated shoulder,
1: shoulder, but I was like, and
0: an open wound on your back.
1: Oh, my whole back was uh, beef jerky. So, what were you wearing? Did you have dressing on the back? No. Yeah, I had these uh, like weird clear 3M bandages on. Oh. but the, the heat, the heat coming off these wounds. I thought they could light the blankets on fire in my bed. That's how hot they were, the heat on the road rash. I'd never felt anything like it. The heat coming off would What's make What's from? Is it from healing? Yeah, it's I guess it's just road rash. It's like you ever get a rug burn? Yeah. What's well, like that times a thousand? You know how Rugburn burns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's what Road Rash feels like. Uh, but it, there's heat coming off and it's ooze and stuff. How is so- your
0: set all fucked up and hurt? So what's, how-
1: I go I go to the store while I'm on these pills. So I go, oh, I'm okay. The pills are tricking me. And I'm down there and I don't remember the set at all, but I remember Red Band, uh, uh, Girl Town Red Band. Wow, that was killer, that set. It was so dark. <laughs> I opened the set by showing people the wound. You did? Yeah, and they were like, ooh. I heard
0: the whole audience go, ooh. Ah, is that the first time you've been hit off your bike?
1: Yeah, yeah, man. In 32 years, you know?
0: I had always heard it's not a matter of- It's when. Yeah. Yeah. It's not if, it's when. And are you are you going to ride again?
1: I ride right now,
0: you know? And people are going to go like, what an idiot.
1: I'd never I do that. I don't think so. I just think it depends yeah. on who you are. Well, here's the problem with me is if you've rode all your life- mm-hmm. And this is, this is what I, I want to back up and get into. Here's what happens. I get hit on the bike. A month later, I lose my apartment of 13 years. The owner goes, my daughter's having a baby. I need to move her in. You'll have to move. I'm like, what? I can't even move right now. I can't, I can't go look for an apartment. She's yeah. like, sorry.
0: You know? Wait, 30 days?
1: She gives me uh, 60, but still, there's no way. You live somewhere 13 yeah. years. You can't just find I can't move. I can't ride. I can't, you know. Um, you can't go look for places. No. And then I get diagnosed with diabetes. All these, if I wasn't strong, and I think if I was like a partier or whatever, it would have taken me out. Which one hits you the hardest? The method?
0: diabetes. For me, too.
1: You know why? Because, and and I'm going to get in, finish up the story. I got hit on the motorcycle. So I usually hike every day Mm -hmm. up into the Hollywood sign. That's where I lived. Every day I, I do a one hour hike and come home and shower and get ready for the day. When I was hit, I started juicing. And I'm, I'm hitting that juice crafters every day. I'm buying like a four pack, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm pounding these juices. Then I'm eating a Cyberry bowl every day. I'm doing the same thing. Like I want to keep healthy. I want to heal quicker and this will do it. And I juiced myself into diabetes from like a six months of just pounding these juices. You know,
0: traumatic experiences can also give you diabetes. Yeah, probably. You know what I mean? That's true. My friend, uh, I won't mention his name, but my friend had a car accident, no diabetes. Yeah. The car accident, and the doctor will say, you you told him, but not type 2, type 1. Whoa. So the the key, the heavy trauma can also give you that. Crazy, right?
1: That's so scary, you know. Um, But what was really scary, I think, was, and thank God I had you, because as, as the doctor told me, he just handed me a fucking two bottles of pills and Mm -hmm. said, start taking these and uh, I'll see you pretty soon. And I was like, well, how much are these a month? These are around 800, but you got insurance, right? And I was like, no. So immediately I'm thinking I I went into the darkest place ever in my life. I just went home and I was like, fuck man, I just spent six and a half years trying to get good at comedy and I'm starting to get somewhere. Now I don't think I'm going to be able to do comedy anymore. I'm going to have to find a job Get insurance, some shit job that mm-hmm. has insurance, even Starbucks where they have insurance, and I'm gonna be trapped at home. I can't just fly around. I'm gonna need special meals and everything. I had no and he was basically like check the brochures on the way out. You know what I mean? And I
0: was like, you know, what what do you mean brochures? I gotta tell you, dude, when I sat with you that day, you looked shook. Yeah. Like you looked shook. And and I recognized that look yeah. because After I had been told the same thing, but in the same way, very cavalierly, right? By just saying, oh, you've got this and just kind of, you'll figure it out. Yeah. That it, it rocked my, and you know what rocked my world the most is that, so I know with type two is something you bring on yourself. Right. So I started to really spiral in thinking if I took years off my own life. Yeah. You know, I have a, I love my family, right? If I took years off my life with them because I like to eat Skittles at night, yeah. I'm going to be fucking really mad. Yeah. That's all I kept thinking in my head. Like, if this is something that takes a year, I'm going to be... And I brought it on myself, I'm going to be fucking really mad. Well, that's what I kept thinking. I'm like, I, I broke my body, man. What a fucking idiot yeah. I am,
1: you know? And, you know, the dark... Like, it was so funny because as I got home, it got really dark. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a couple of weeks... Uh, I I immediately quit sugar and I, and, and the detox off sugar and look, I quit cocaine, I quit cigarettes and I quit fucking booze. And I'll tell you what, nothing comes close to the shit that was happening to me. My feet started hurting really bad Mm -hmm. my eyes started popping weird fucking like you know and blurry blurry yeah and 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 the feet pain was unbelievable
0: that's diabetes
1: yeah yeah yep and and my eyes would just kind of like felt like needles popping out of them and i was trying to play it cool around everyone and not say anything because i didn't want people to come up going dude are you all right Mm -hmm. because that would add to my depression of i'm not all right and and i needed somebody at the time and that's when it hit me laying there in bed i was i was detoxing off the sugar and i was like oh that guy josh wolf man i got to get a hold of him somehow and so not until that i talked to you that i think that it was going to be okay and and i owe you so much because you kept checking in on me because even after I met with you And you gave me that book And I was Because uh, right away I googled And people were like Don't take those pills No you Take those pills You're going to be hooked on them And then you How later- did they make you feel Those pills? The, I felt so bad On those pills It was It was ten times worse Like when he told me I had diabetes I felt kind of shitty here and there. Yeah. That's why I went to the doctor. But I didn't feel shitty 24-7. I just had a couple shitty days of like, something's wrong with me. I got to go check myself. Your blood
0: sugar was way off during those days. Exactly. Probably. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: So when I, he gives me those pills, now it reminds me of the time I uh, quit Diet Coke years ago.
0: That's That aspartame will fuck you up. Up.
1: It was unbelievable. I thought I was having a heart attack every day. I did too. I fucking fell over Martin style in a guy's me yard. Too, dude. I was pounding on the guy's door like calling an ambulance, man, and they go, "He just had a panic attack from the aspartame." That's uh, all aspartame. Nobody fucking tells you that. I thought it was dying. It's unbelievable. Um, and and it kills me it kills me how much you, I, we can't eat anything everything is loaded
0: with garbage yeah you just have to be pay attention you know what? Yeah. And, I, and i'm gonna tell you something right now so from then until now first of all you look 10 years younger yeah yeah. you do know that right it's you, crazy you right? looked but the thing about type 2 and why and one of my and i had called a friend and the reason i checked in on you dude is because when i had the news um and the guy that i told who was Also, a diabetic. Yeah. He checked in on me and I I was like, I knew how much those meant. Like, it was almost like a lifeline. He wasn't here, but he was just like, hey, man, just reminding you it's going to be okay. Yep. And that type 2 diabetes, he he told me, he was like, look, I'm telling you right now, he said, I'm so entrenched in that world. For you to die, you almost have to try to die of type 2.
1: Yeah. But that's the problem. I think that we don't have. Or or, or I I was dying to see your doctor or any other doctor. My
0: dude, I told you what happened to him, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But but my doctor, and I'm sure all the doctors, of course, it's just like those, uh, you know, like Michael Moore films or whatever, where they're like, oh, pills, let's get them on these pills and let's get money out of them or whatever. Now, I don't know if my doctor is is about that or whatever, but he is an old Asian guy and he's just so like, yeah, it uh, looks like you got uh, diabetes. Yep. He's just so way back. Fact. Yeah, and I'm like, well, 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 you know, what do I do? You know? And, and I remember I was YouTubing it. I was YouTubing <laughs> it. I was, you know what I mean? But
0: you can here's the thing, when you get online, yeah. and this is what I found. Oh, it's you scary can either as f- fuck yes. Oh my God, you open a rabbit. Oh, hand. you're like, oh no, I'm gonna die for sure. Oh. And then the blurred vision, I was like, I'm going blind, yeah. I'm fucking going blind. Yeah. And then I was like, my feet are gonna fall my off. My left foot. Oh, oh my, my god. Everything. But what what you learn is, look, you don't have to look like fucking Brogan. Yeah. You might you can still be a little he- heavier and be and lean towards You know having a type two or being pre-diabetic but as long as you're getting your heart rate up yeah and you're just take you're careful about your portions and basically sugar white flour type stuff you can be smart yeah i mean i went really strict for about 45 days yeah me too i remember you to reset my body yep and i've i've started eating i have some chicken now and then and i have some uh turkey and some fish and all that shit but there's just some things I won't do. I won't yeah. eat sugar. I right. won't go. I'll never go back to that. Never, never. For do you me. crave it at all anymore? All the time. Do you really? Yeah. I don't crave it at all anymore. You know what
1: I do though? Oh. I eat those no cow burger uh, bars. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a vegan yeah. kind of a protein bar. Yeah. And um, there was so much I had to learn, you know, because the problem is we're comedians. We're out very Come late. Come on, yeah. So. What happened when, as I first started detoxing was around nine, I was done I was ready to go to sleep Because mm-hmm. I, I, I was getting up at like 4 My body would just wake up Cold sweats I Remember I was calling you, yeah. I'd walk around the neighborhood Like trying to walk this off It was like I must have looked like a weirdo in the hood <laughs> Like at 4 in the morning I'd be walking around You know 5 yeah. in the morning I'm surprised cops never rolled up on me Like what are you doing out here Getting rid of diabetes <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean That's it yeah. dude yeah.
0: Yeah. You know <laughs> You know nah, so like fucking there's a weirdo outside pull yeah, up What's yeah, going on? Just yeah. trying to walk off the diabetes. Tell totally. have this, a good night. This left foot is yeah. fucking <laughs>
1: man So I was really, um, and it was like I was talking to you about it. Um, I was testing my blood every two hours, yep. and, and I would eat things that were making it go up high, and I was like, fuck, and that was stressing me out. And stress makes your numbers go up high. So I was like, holy shit, I didn't have
0: anything, and it's up over the numbers, and what am I going to do? It's all about learning. Yeah, yeah. You just got to learn how, because then after you read that book, yeah. Some of the things in that book didn't work for me. Yeah, yeah, me either. But it's but you know what that book did? Yeah. It, it gave me peace of mind. Yep. And then did. And then I, yeah, it gave me peace of mind. And then my buddy was like, hey, some things in that book are gonna work for you. Some things aren't. Some diabetics can't eat any meat or 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 animal products at all. Yeah. Some can't. Yeah, I and eat meat. Yeah. He yep. said for a lot of from for people with type two generally, yep. once you get it under control, it's all about portions. That's it's it. It's all about portions. Like like like, I always tell people, when you go to Chipotle,
1: that's two meals. Yes. I eat half of it, and then I, I eat the other half in, like, four hours. Yeah. I find that if I don't eat meat,
0: though, I'm faded as fuck, man. Dude, you know what? I experimented. So, I still experiment a little bit. Yeah. I- and yesterday... Actually, I don't eat red meat. I'm talking chicken.
1: Yeah. I eat chicken. I'll eat some Dude, um, I waited, salmon.
0: I waited three days yeah. eating meat. And I'm with you. I was dragging a little bit. And last night, um, my... But you know the local peasant? Yeah. My buddy who owns a local peasant it has got a new... He's just got introduced on Walking Dead last night. He's got a huge arc. Wow. So we were all over there watching, right? And fucking psyched for him. And I'm dragging a little bit because I know that I'm about three days without meat. Right. And they put some pork on the table. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yep. And in a half an hour, my wife was like, you, you're ba- bouncing off the walls. I'm like, I just, yeah. I forgot when I don't have meat for a couple of days and then I have it. The energy it gives me yeah. is like almost immediate. Oh yeah, it's man. It's almost immediate. I need
1: that because when I'm on stage doing those hours. Yeah. If I don't have something after I get off the stage, I am fucking faded and blurry as fuck yeah. too. Can't remember. I have no.
0: But your sugar, it's so low.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's so low. I have no. Um, like you know, like as a comedian,
0: you're you're engaged with the audience mm-hmm. and everything.
1: But if I'm low, man, I'm just a zombie up there.
0: What's the difference for you f- between because you were front man of your band? Yep. What's the difference as far as that interaction with the audience between a front man and a band and a comic? I mean, I know they're different inherently, yeah, because with a comic you're having more of a, a typical conversation but but like, do you hold yourself differently big time uh,
1: well, when you're a co- uh, a musician i never I never get
0: into the guys that talk a lot on stage, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. You know Sturgill Simpson I saw him twice in a row Yeah And I love Sturgill But I was As a performer I was thrown He didn't speak to the audience For the first 40 minutes Yeah Didn't say hello Didn't say thank you Yeah Nothing I I, I don't need
1: I I like when people do A little bit You know um, But I don't like When they're just uh, Break the fourth wall I like them to be up there like, man, who is that? More aloof. Yeah, and a mystique to them. That's crazy. And then maybe mid-show, they break down and tell you some fucking cool story that bring that goes into a tune and you're like, what? I mean, I remember front men's stories. Uh, you know, I remember this band I loved in San Fran and as a kid. The singer, like fourth song and they sold out the, the San Fran big club, you mm-hmm. know, at the time. And, he went into the serious rap of like, man, it's so weird. Like you start in a garage with your three buddies and then you start playing some outdoor backyard keg parties. And then maybe you, you know, you open for a couple bands and and, and, and then you do a demo and, and all of a sudden you're here at a sold out night in San Francisco, you know? And I was just like, he was going through the. Yeah. The motion with some low keyboards in the back, like yeah. a story, like a Bruce thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like Bruce is the king of it. When he's not doing that, I want to feel you when you're mine and alive. All that stuff, <laughs> I don't need that in Bruce. But man, when I saw him on, Go- on the um, Ghost of Tom Joad record, and he's telling the story about the fucking Youngstown where they invented the cannonball and the steel mills
0: and shit, I'm in on that, man. You know, I. I am not a huge Bruce fan, but I'm a huge storyteller fan. And so one of my favorite albums of his is Nebraska. Yeah. And I know it's not a huge popular album. Right. But for me, it's an album full of stories.
1: Yeah. You Same know, with
0: Ghost of Tom Joad.
1: Yeah. I, don't, oh, I haven't heard that. Oh, see, so that's, that's uh, getting back to me hating Bruce. Uh, I hated him like Lucky Town and all yeah, this. Yeah. And, and then I remember specifically, I went to, I used to go every year to Neil Young's Bridge Benefit, which is a benefit for um, uh, handicapped children, a mm-hmm. school that him and his wife have. Uh, and, and Bruce was on the bill. And every year it's it's incredible. Like this year was like, you know, Eddie Vedder, Nick Metallica, uh, you know, Roger Waters, and they play acoustic. Right. And it's incredible night. It's so it's so heartfelt. And Bruce was coming on, and I and my buddy, this guy, Andrew Dreskin, the huge Bruce fan, I go, I'm going to get a fucking beer on this <laughs> perfect time to piss. Right. And he goes, No, 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 no. Let's just, just watch one song. I saw Bruce here two years ago. It was fucking horrible. You were with me. I can't stand him. And he goes, let's just check it. And he went into uh, the Ghost of Chom- Tom Jode record, and he played the whole thing, like one of the first times ever, yeah. by himself. And I was like, I was fucking mesmerized. The stories, man. Sinaloa
0: Cowboys. That's an album you hadn't heard before.
1: No, it just came out, like that week. And there he was playing the whole thing. And I, and I looked at him, I was like, what is this? And he's like, I told you, it's good. And then, of course, Born to Run hits me, and you know, East Street and the 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 innocent, the Shuffle Band, yeah. you know, the first two records, and all that.
0: Born to Run is. Yeah. Arguably a top five album
1: It's crazy Meeting Across the Meeting River Meeting Across the River is my
0: favorite oh, song on that album
1: I saw him in 99 Right in 99 is when he gets the E Street Band back together Yeah And I was at Oak and Coliseum And I was so fired up Because now I'm a full-blown Bruce fan I'm going to see the E Street Band finally So if he was
0: playing at Staples yeah. You'd go see that in show
1: In a minute in a minute, he never plays Staples, by the way, because he, he he only plays those rooms where it's uh, he can play long non-union rooms. So he always plays the shit uh, the uh, sports arena with the forum. Sm- no, the sports arena, the one uh, they just oh, closed it finally. So he,
0: he goes so he can go long.
1: Yeah, he goes long, and he's not into the uh, I don't like the uh, press box or the uh, VIP boxes right. and the beer banners fuck all that you know does he (laughs) he gets into that (laughs) right here it's just you and i and the fucking wood on the stage you know and you're like yeah you know what
0: struck me by the way about old cella yeah and um i'm sure bruce too yeah i bet you out of old cella out of those eighty thousand people i bet you i was in the one percentile of people who had never seen any of those bands wow you know, there was a guy sitting next to me who had seen The Stone 66 times. Oh, yeah. Hi, buddy. I know. I know, buddy. Is there anybody? Are you hungry? Is that what you're barking at me? That it's not guy, time for you to eat yet. Look at rocks. Look at him talking. It's not, it's not time for you to eat yet. I want a dog so bad. He's so cool. Um, how many out of those people who see Springsteen now, yeah. how many are newbies? Say, say he sells how many tickets? Yeah, let's say it's uh, twenty thousand.
1: You know, how many are new? That's probably five thousand new. You think so? Yeah, man. I mean, I think people find uh, find people all the time. Like, all you know, if you look at Metallica or you look at uh, ACDC, uh, and of course the Stones. But I'm saying just those bands, which are like newer than all those yeah. bands, they've already got like three generations of fans there, man. You know, there's guys that were like the dad, and then the dad had a kid, and he brought the kid, then the kid has had a kid now, and he brings him. You know, it's crazy.
0: Metallica is like a classic rock band. Absolutely. And and by the way, my brothers and I were talking about this at the concert, and try to put it into some sort of scope for me. Yeah. The Who, the Stones, and McCartney have been selling at least 40,000 tickets for 50 years. Yeah. Is that insane? It's unbelievable. I mean, think about that. Yeah. that. For 50 years, that's how many tickets they've sold. Is that? I mean, I can't even I can't even imagine that. That's I don't think that'll ever be done yeah.
1: again.
0: Well, I think the biggest mystery to me, and I've been
1: performing now for 33 years, I call it standing on wood for 33 years, mm-hmm. 25 playing music or whatever, 32 years, and then seven doing comedy. And I think, like, like people will come up to me like, man, you know, are you bummed you never made it? And I was like, what do you mean I never made it? Dude, I'm, I'm 50 years old doing stand-up comedy. Still doing it. I think I've made it. Like, yeah. I'm not working at Bank of America, man. I don't wear a suit. I made it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're looking at monetary, no, I didn't make big money. But if you're looking at happiness, fuck yeah. But what I'm trying to say is... That's the whole deal, though, by the That's the way. whole fucking thing, key to didn't life. Didn't you live the life you wanted to live? Absolutely. Yeah. But my point is, I all, the only thing that ever fucking trips me out is how... Something catches fire. How somebody can start drawing people. Like, if you look at the comedians right now that are big, that are doing Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. I'm so fascinated by what things had to happen. To create, because a, a, you know, in this world of papered rooms and all this yeah. mystique and, and this fake comedy world right now, there's only like 20 people that sell tickets and the rest are, they sell tickets one night or two and the rest yeah. is papered. And that's just the truth, you know. But what I'm trying to say is there's so many things that need to happen for a band or a comedian to be able to sell tickets even one time around. That you have to plant in someone's heart and and mind. 50 years. 50 years. 50 years. I'm trying to get a weekend in Sacramento Punchline. Sold out. Sold out. Yep. If I fucking sold out San Fran Punchline five shows, like I was just with Russell Peters and he did seven shows at the improv in San Jose. That's a big room, by the way. Which is 490 Mm -hmm. seven times. If I even
0: sold out one night. How about you just make it up into the balcony? Yeah. How about we right sell tickets where people are in the balcony? Yeah. Let's, let's not even say sellout. I'm, no. If there was a front row of the balcony filled, I'd yeah. feel pretty fucking good about myself. And,
1: and, and, and I'm constantly like, I think if I could just do one documentary in my life, it would probably be somehow interview people like, well, how did this happen?
0: I have a book in my room that I'm reading. And when I finish it, yeah. I'm going to give it to you. It's called, okay. it's called Contagious. Yeah. It's on my bedstand stand right now. Right. It's funny that you're talking, but it's like why things catch on. Yeah. It's fascinating. I it got to give it to you. Yeah, dude, because I felt the same thing. Yeah. Because you know what? Honestly, what what made me start to really scratch my head? Yeah. Vine stars. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. So I would look at it, and I would, I would be like, okay. And right. I would, and I'm like, am, am I too old that I'm not getting this six seconds of humor? Let me watch a bunch of them. Right. But the biggest Vine stars what they called comedy there's no comedy no so i was, i was like and these people are getting fifty thousand dollars for yeah. you know from advertisers just to hold i'm like why are people it was fascinating to me it's it's well, it's it's, it's it, you should i'll I, give you i'm books. on that because because
1: right now my podcast is in the top 50 top 100 every week yeah and 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 i'm seeing uh, guys who have podcasts in the top twenty and thirty, um, friends of mine and stuff, and I'm trying to figure out at what point, at what numbers, do those uh, listeners turn into butts in the seats? I honestly, isn't that think, crazy?
0: I I honestly think also it depends on, mm-hmm. um, who your listeners are. Right? Are they comedy fans? Right? Or are they music fans? Yeah, you're right. Because I bet you just have a bunch of music fans who may not even know that they like stand-up yeah. comedy. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh, no. I, and, and, and and when I started my
1: podcast, which is t- today will be episode 300.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Buddy.
1: So it was um, almost five years ago, four and a half years ago or whatever. When I started, I specifically was like, well, I don't want to go in Marin's territory. Because he, at the time, there's only, you know, I don't know, there's probably a lot, but it felt like 10 podcasts out there, maybe 20, you know? I mean, it wasn't like deep digging in. Now it's like thousands. What I'm trying to say is um, I didn't want to be in his territory of comics. He was only doing comics. And I was like, well, he's already got a fucking great show. It's the number one show. Why would I try to do that? And I was like, and I really tell people this when they're starting a podcast. They go, you got any advice? And I go, what do you love? Because if you don't talk about something you love, you're going to burn out right away.
0: Also, you're going to blend into the other thousand people. Millions. Yeah.
1: So I was like, okay, i played music 25 years. I've got a zillion people uh, that I've known from the business, and I really want to have people on the show that inspired me in life, in art. Mm-hmm. I'm talking guys like, say, you know... Uh, Omar from At The Drive-In or Rich Robinson from saw Black Crowes. I you had Rich Robinson
0: on. I yeah. fucking love The gross Curse Diamond is my favorite Cursed song. Curse Diamond. That's my favorite song of theirs of all time.
1: To have somebody on your show that Come wrote on. a tune that fucking moved your life, you know what I mean? Like, I love De- uh, Devo, Ugh. and I have Jerry on from Devo, the bass player, you know? And, and I could just talk to him for hours. So, of course, the show's gonna be good because I'm so into it. Right. And people like it because they go, you ask questions, no one asks. Because right. I don't like the promo machine. So tell me about your new album. No, we don't do that either. No. Yeah. So my point is, I, I, I knew that it wasn't going to be a huge comedy audience. And I do have comedians on here and there because uh, that love music. Yeah. Like, I'd love to have you on, you know? Um, Fuck yeah. But I thought that people were so passionate about the show That they would come out to see the show, and then that would be my dream. I could do more stories on stage about rock and touring and stuff. But it's definitely a fucking... uh, But, Dean,
0: you can, right? Yeah. So, my, you could even do, you know, you could try in town, like even in the belly room. Yeah. Just like, you know how Mick Foley and steve-o yeah they're going to comedy clubs but they're not doing stand-up yeah yeah they're telling stories yep so you could try one at the belly room or someplace like that where you're just like it's it's the, it's story time or whatever it is oh he's, yeah he's, yeah he's i'm gonna try to hello babies get it whatever you can out i'm of. trying Rock, uh,
1: come here. i i want to do both though because i want to be a great comedian so it doesn't bother me I wanna be a comedian where I'm doing some fucking great jokes and then midway through I tell one classic story and then close like you know, I I love CK and I watch I've studied him pretty hard and I see that it's a lot of jokes and then somewhere along the way he's gonna give you a fucking funny ass story about his family Mm -hmm. or whatever and then he's gonna close big with some big, big smasher.
0: I'm doing so the hour that I'm working on right now is because I am a long-form story guy. Right? Yeah. Always have been. Right. And honestly, podcasting has helped people. He's just yeah, yeah. You, a buddy. Come on. Podcasting has helped and trained audiences to kind of be okay with a long-form story. Right. The hour I'm doing now, and I'm going to run it at Flappers next month. I, I want to come see it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll open for it. I fucking love it, dude. Yeah. I- I'm I'm doing... So I'm starting, I tell the story that I had always wanted to tell, that's 32 minutes long. Yeah, wow. It's about wrestling my son. Uh-huh. And the premise of the story is, every man hits a point in their life where they look at their father that first time and they think, oh, I could beat the shit out of this dude. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Whether you do it or not, you look at him like, oh, I'm going to beat that fucking old ass pretty, yeah. pretty soon. Yeah, yeah. Pretty yeah. soon, it's coming. Yeah. Now, right? So that's the premise of the story. Uh-huh. And it's a 32-minute story, and there's a lot. But I could never in an hour show, I was like, that's a commitment to tell that right. story. Right, So I'm going to do my hour where I go, Rock, go lay down, buddy. I know he's not going to feed you. Where I, where I go, I start with the story, and I end with the story. Yeah. So, and I go in and out of the story with other stories about him and my family and all that stuff. Right. But it's essentially... The hour special is one story. That's great. I love Al Magical. Yeah. See Al
1: Magical is uh and 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 believe me, I'm I'm coming up on my seventh year now. I know I'm gonna be a different comic in the next couple years. Yeah. Because I'm gonna figure out because storytelling is easy to do if if you get the joke that the joke beats in there. Yep. You know what I mean? When I'm watching uh, Al Magico talk about picking up a day laborer,
0: that's just a story about picking up a day laborer. But he's got these incredible jokes in there. You know what I would do? Like when I sit and write, if I come up with a joke, I'll just write it down. And I have a folder. Yeah. This is jokes. So if I write, if I'm doing a story on stage where I know it needs more punchlines, I'll look in my joke folder and I go, I'll think, how can I find my way to that punchline? Right because you can I, I don't have to jump out of the story. No, you
1: put the punchlines in there. Put it in there. That's why like right now I'm talking about diabetes. Yep. And it's and and I'm talking about moving. And these are two such real topics to with me that when I go to the other stuff now it feels just fucking weird to me. Ah, you know. I do know that. <laughs> so, like th- yesterday I said Halloween never scared me until I became a diabetic. That's funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a funny line. Because yeah. now I'm like, candy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know what boo! I mean? Boo. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Candy is scary as fuck to me now. <laughs> Not the Freddy Krueger mask,
0: but that pillowcase. But of I'll fucking... tell you what that fucking Snickers. Oh, my God. Dude, I, I so I we got off of it. And by the way, yeah. I do want to ask you. About the difference between oh shit okay the difference between the uh, lead singer and the in the in the stand up yep. but Black Rose you know my brothers and I huge Black Rose fans yeah uh, okay. sometimes Salvation uh, 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 Curse Diamond Amorica record Amorica is yeah. Wiser Time
1: Stop. Downtown Money Waster uh, you know um, Amorica I don't know why that didn't do better commercially oh yeah I do why. Well, and I talked to uh, many, I had Mark Ford on, uh, I had Rich Robinson on, I had Steve Gorm. It's the same old thing of like Fairweather fans. So what we're talking about is um, Contagious. You're talking about that. And, yeah. and we're talking about things that hit everybody. Well, Contagious was the first record, Hard to Handle. Uh, you know uh jealous again jealous again and the 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 ballad
0: you uh, know talk to hollow. angels
1: yeah she talks to angels those were contagious everybody loved it and everything and then they come out with the second record and the part time fans start to go a little bit oh, by the way
0: that second record is fucking great
1: southern harmony oh, unbelievable fucking great right But you start getting into this, and then the part-time fans go away. Now, we're looking at Black Crows. Let's say, I don't know how many fans they had, but let's say they sold three million on the first record. A lot of those fans might have been just, oh, I like hit songs. I like hit songs. This is the songs we play at the parties. We play Jealous Again, you know. Um, And then the next record doesn't really have any hits. Yeah, but
0: yeah. How, when you tell me sometimes Salvation isn't a hit...
1: I'm talking about a hit in a way of like jealous
0: again. On the radio, okay. every... All I'm right.
1: talking just your average
0: part-time fan. There's so much fucking feeling in that dude's voice. Of course! And but he, he's but like I'm getting down into he's it He's like, down. him live, yeah. him, his, him as a front man. Yeah. I fucking love watching Let that Let me dude. put it this way.
1: I bet everyone that bought Satisfaction were nowhere around
0: when Exile and Main Street came out. Fair enough. That's the fucking comparison. Or, I bet you some people would have a definite different idea on what the best side of Tattoo You is.
1: Oh, yeah, I love side too, the make-out oh. side. Fuck. Come Marin on. hates Tattoo You, and I'm like, that, no, there's I, no fucking way you can hate this record.
0: I love Slave. Oh, I, I love... Jealous? It. I mean, oh, not Jealous, uh, 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 um... Worried About You? Oh, <gasps> dude, you know what song I like? Fucking
1: Worried About I, You. I love, um, I love that one, um, Every Man Has the Same Come On. I'm going to make you a star. I'll take a million miles from this, put you on a pedestal. Hey, baby,
0: going to take you Ugh. to the top. Tops? Take oh, you. my God, dude. <laughs> ah oh Uh, man and vocally that side was so different
1: oh yeah well i call side one saturday night and i call side two sunday morning yeah so it's like you're doing coke on saturday night you're drinking you're fucking rocking and rolling and then you're coming down it's like it's like um i always think that um carol king's tapestry is the ultimate sunday record
0: I have to tell you, I'm not familiar with that at all. Should, oh, I, should I check it out?
1: Oh my god, if you're into fucking ballad, piano yeah, ballads, ah, yeah. oh, yeah. it's one of the biggest
0: selling records of the '70s. You know, Tapestry. Oh, it's incredible. You know, we when my cousin was in his heyday of Party of Five, yeah, we, he, you know, he used to get invited to go everywhere. So we went to the Hard Rock to see the the Crows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this was before medical marijuana and everything. My one of my brothers considers himself you know, he 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 always had weed and he was like, I'm gonna bring some weed backstage and we were like, Yeah, we're gonna impress the fucking black rose with yeah, some yeah, weed. Yeah. So he takes out this little bag of weed with his little joints and they're like, oh, That's nice. Why don't we smoke our stuff? Yeah. They took out these <laughs> joints too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I could still be high from. Yeah. They, they We were all like two hits and we were all like, oh no, we're way higher than we ever thought we could be. Yeah, man. Like rock stars get different drugs. Well, that's what Keith Richards said. He
1: said, uh, if you read his book, he said, I wasn't getting the cocaine you were getting. <laughs> so, so the cocaine you're yeah. getting is just fucking, you know, yeah. stepped on and trashy and you are got ups and downs. The cocaine I was getting was straight from Bolivia and it was just clean and you could just do it all the time and just function like like what a real none of us have really done real cocaine Cocaine. ever. That's insane to think about, right? Yeah. I remember back in the 80s, I did cocaine in Florida and Miami. This dealer had a big old fucking briefcase. I got a Scarface and he's like, try this. And it fucking sent me to the moon. It was like fresh coke from fucking, you know, fresh like narco style. You know what I mean? I was like, whoa. But you could tell the difference between Immediately, that. Immediately. It goes up. It
0: tastes good. The drip's good. It's not all like, eh, what is that? Yeah. Baby laxative. You know what I mean? I was never good at cocaine. Yeah. I, it always made me shut up and sit in the corner and just wait for someone else to put more drugs on. The That's table. what
1: it did to me, too. It's weird. It's a, like I think hyper people.
0: It's like and It turns us into so, these but, introverts. But my question then is, yeah. so then because I tried it a bunch of times, too, yep. I didn't sound like I tried it as many times as you did, but I yeah. fucking hated it so much. Yeah. Why did you keep doing it? If you, I
1: only did it to keep drinking got it, got it got it got it so i never did it sober that's gross a sober tweaker just ah, jaw yeah. going and scratching your neck and like yeah and talking about a
0: couple Disneyland. pops you do a couple bumps because you can drink so right. much Right,
1: that's the thing so i i would I, I to me i think the best thing about rock and roll and lars ulrich said this too and and people i don't think are ever going to understand this i was talking to uh, some guys about it recently it's the bonding, the brotherhood. Uh, and if you come from a broken family like me, maybe, you know, your parents are divorced. Yeah. You're an only child. To me, it was like I never wanted to party to in because we were just we weren't we weren't out chick hunting or anything. We were playing rock and roll and and we were trying to get good. And we were just like, yeah, man. And we were so engaged in
0: it. Is that, do you think, part of what drew you to rock and roll is the, is the broken family?
1: I think so. You know, I think it, uh, it was like I could have uh, brothers, but I could go home and be alone, too. Yeah. It's weird. I've been such an only child all my life that it's fucked me up, but it's made me great in other ways. But definitely it's fucked me up in a way where like I want to move to New York. But I don't want a roommate. So I'm like, well, <laughs> not going to happen. You know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm 50. I didn't like a roommate in my 20s. You want to move to New York now. You don't yeah, want to be in I, LA? I'd How love come? to live in... Well, I, I just want to get better as a comic. Alls I care about... I'm 50. I have no wife, no kids. And alls I care about is
0: getting great at comedy. And so you can, in New York, get on a mic seven days a week, five times a night.
1: Yeah, and I think that... Um, I think that if you can if you can rock it in L.A. and New York, your material is kind of worldly. Yep, and you know, I mean, uh, meaning it's it's got some. No, it it'll it's, travel. It'll travel. Yep, and I and I really love the. Um, the feeling of getting on the subway and going to the next gig and not being worried about getting. See, I worship my motorcycle and it's it's so bad out here now mm-hmm. that I bought a car after I got ran over and it only lasted like two months I sold it because I was sitting in this box on the highway and i go from doing four spots a night to one and a half, maybe, because of the traffic. Right. And I was like, oh, this is the L.A. people complain about. I never felt this. I just split lanes and pulled up. Dude, the splitting lanes never Doesn't made bother- ner- never. 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 It's safer, actually, because riding in the lane, a guy behind you just texting and smoking weed, not looking, will right. just hit you.
0: I didn't mean to hit you, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: But, <laughs> but if you're splitting lanes, at a slow speed, I'm not the maniac doing it Some of those guys are those fucking Those guys are idiots. Lying. That's idiot, because it just takes one second. Also, it makes people mad, like, fuck this guy, yeah. you know? But if you're just going, like, 15, you know, yeah, and yeah, just yeah. going through it, man, and, 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 and keeping yourself moving. What?
0: Because you've... So, seven years. Yeah. You've had recently, I am, because looking back on seven years... Yeah. You've had some like comedic breakthroughs recently, huh? I it, it's it's so weird because haven't there been times in the last 2 years where something's happened on stage where you're like that's it. Oh, it, that's fucking it I right feel there. that I feel that
1: And I, I think this has been The hardest year for me Writing wise Because the first couple years You just oh, I'll do some You don't know You're doing hacky yep. stuff You just think it's about Getting laughs And then the next couple years You're just trying to uh, Write some stuff To be longer on stage Because you know You can't make any money featuring mm-hmm. So I'm like Fuck I gotta do an hour So You know To survive To, to eat To And I don't necessarily think the hour is good anymore as far as uh, an audience, unless you're a superstar. I feel 40 is great, but you got to do this hour so it's kind of soul stealing. The last 20 minutes you're doing material you don't like. I'm having a hard time because as, as, as much as people might not think it or whatever. i'm only I'm into this for the art, man. I love the performance of it. I played music all my life. I love being on I never liked being in the studio making records. Some people love that. I love being on
0: stage playing the records. Do you think though? because for me, the difference look, there's obviously a lot of difference between comedy and and yeah. uh, um, bands. But for me, the big difference is, so when you and I write a joke, yeah. we can't go into the studio and perfect it for three months. Yeah, yeah. We have to stand in front of strangers.
1: Well, that's what I was saying. By the time you go to, uh, it's perfected, you're done. You're, you're bored done with it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you've got to go record it and put it out. Yeah. I was talking to Burr about that because we're, I was out on the road with him and he was just about to shoot a special. And I was like, I think the hardest part with me is after six months, I'm done with material. Because I go on three, four times a night. Yeah. So I'm just like, I asked him, I said, how do you you stay fucking excited about it in a year and a half to go shoot a special? And he said that he learned from Mattel to constantly write on those jokes. Yeah,
0: I constantly tweak my jokes.
1: Yeah, tweak them, yeah. Constantly. I found
0: a joke. I found a joke for a joke. Yeah. Now, there are some jokes that I was doing 6 years ago that just never made I made it anywhere and I was like oh these this will actually work in the special I can bring it back. Right. And I found jokes on jokes that I was like oh fuck it going back and revisiting that joke. I do that all the time. I've now made it so much better. Yeah. Um but but that's it you have to or else they just get and they come out mechanical. Yeah. And also you know what I do especially with stories here's the beautiful thing with stories. Yeah. Is, is, look, you've probably told a story that happened to you when you were 20 a zillion times in yeah. your life. Because there's, to me, there's a difference between telling a joke, which I get bored, or, or retelling a story that I love yeah. to a group of people who have never heard it before.
1: You know what's funny with me is um, I don't love the stories as much as the people love the story. So they'll go, tell that one man, yeah. tell that one about Corey Feldman when you prank called him. And I'll be like, ah, oh, man. And I have to really dig down and find a way to tell it. Well, you
0: know you're going to have to tell that story.
1: <laughs> no, I don't want to tell you. know what I mean? Because I'm going to try to work that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to work these stories. Smoking angel dust with Motorhead. Uh, prank calling uh, Corey Feldman as Axl Rose. Um, meeting Prince and um that's a great story yeah yeah great stories and then uh, uh touring with tesla now recently i kind of did the touring with tesla one on stage mm-hmm. at like ari shafir's this is not happening and it's it's getting some laughs and i'm figure i gotta figure that out but it's kind of funny um and i also I, it was really creepy was i told the smoking angel desk with motorhead At my buddy's show, uh, Bedtime Stories, at the uh, store, Uh, Kyle Ray has a storytelling show, and the next day he died. It was such a bummer, man. What? I mean, yeah, it was really weird. Like, I told this story, and in the morning, he was gone, which was kind of cool. I was thinking to myself, like, wow, man, I was kind of like telling this great epic story of Motorhead I really liked that that I told this cool story, you know, and he was gone.
0: But those people in there were like, God, that's a great story, you know? You know, when you say Motorhead, and I I know it's it's a completely different band, one of my favorite just kind of happenstance walking into a bar and seeing a line. I was by myself in Seattle, and um, I was like, who's playing? They were like, the Melvins. I'm like, who's that? Yeah. And they go, well, you should come in. And I go, what's the cover? And they're like, 15. I'm like, okay. I go, is it worth it? They go, have you never seen the Melvins? I'm like, no. They, they said, this is going to be a show like you've never fucking seen before. Right. Like, I was blown away. Yeah. Like, I was. It was like 200 people. Yeah. And just like in your face. Well, you got bands like the Melvins, the
1: Ramones, uh, Motorhead, uh, that just play every fucking year, put out records, tour. And to me, those are the warriors, man. Yeah. They're the soldiers of rock and roll, dude. As cheesy putting out music. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. As corny as that might sound, their life, uh, Les Claypool, Primus, guys like that, Tool. Tool, yeah, they sell out fucking arenas and stuff. They yeah. haven't toured in years, and they, they just started playing again. But these are guys that have played music all their life, and they're not the MTV star or the radio star. They're the warriors
0: out there, man. But they're they're living the life you just explained, which is they love what they're doing. I love what they're doing. I love what I'm fucking doing, dude. Have you ever heard of a guy, uh, and he's Texas famous. Yeah a guy named jerry jeff walker oh yeah yeah absolutely i fucking love jerry jeff walker there's a ton of dudes in texas like that they're just texas famous totally but jerry jeff walker doyle Bremhall. hall oh i saw jerry jeff walker i saw in green hall and i remember sitting there and i'm like just this fucking smoky dirty ass place yeah and this dude gets on stage who you could tell he was a couple pops in yeah and he would he was it was amazing because yeah. I was like, this dude just loves playing music. It's
1: like Butch Walker. You know, Butch Walker, uh-uh. no, nobody knows who he is, you know. Who's uh, Butch Walker? Butch Walker is a guy that played in an 80s band called South Gang that was like a hair band. They broke up. He stayed in L.A., slowly grinded, uh, kind of reinvented himself into a uh, kind of a singer-songwriter Springsteen kind of Mm -hmm. style, and here he is year after year after year putting out records, becomes a huge producer, does a Weezer record, writes hits for Katy Perry and shit. The guy's a lifer. Just put a record out called Stay Gold that is fucking killer, man. Butch Walker. Butch Walker, man. I had him on the podcast, one of the biggest episodes, because he has. Passionate fans that go and see him every fucking year. There's and guys at what size
0: places he's selling.
1: He's doing stuff like uh, El Ray Theaters all over. Sure. You know what I mean? Which to me, if I could do El Ray Theaters Great comedy size. my whole life, man, you fucking are you Great kidding size.
0: me? I saw Chris Stapleton there. It was the last show. Awesome. There. We were right there. Yeah, Lucinda Williams, seen uh, her there many times. Oh, we went to. I got to tell you, I can't tell you that story in public, but yeah. I to. Oh, She's yeah. an interesting woman.
1: Oh, I love her, <laughs> straight outlaw. Oh. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a great story on her. I was at the Fillmore. Yeah. Uh, with the Wallflowers, I toured with the Wallflowers, opening for for ten months in '02. You did? No, oh, yeah. Yeah, Jacob Dylan and I are, are pretty tight and really tight. And we had a and yeah, I'm dropping names because I have to tell the fucking story. <laughs> Fuck you guys! Oh, what a dick rider! Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. I always feel <laughs> weird because it's like it's you right. have to say yeah. the fucking name. Yep, yep, yep. It's part of the story. Yeah, yeah. So we're at the Fillmore and I'm backstage and uh, Lucinda Williams put out Car Wheels on the Gravel Road, which I think is a top ten record of all time for me. It's unbelievable. She's amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah, that record. If you don't own it, even if you don't like country or whatever, you're gonna love this record. So she's backstage and uh, she's sitting on the couch and she's she's pretty lit up, you know. She's just sitting there and she's mm-hmm. staring at me. I'm wearing camouflage pants and she's just staring at me in this weird way. And I go, "What's happening?" And She goes, "What are you hiding from?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "I said, what? What are you talking about?" And she goes. What are you hiding from? And I, go, I don't understand. She goes, Why the camouflage? Oh. What are you hiding from? And I was like, How deep in your mind are you thinking, like, are you thinking, like, this guy is hiding <laughs> from something? And, and I said, I said, my personality. <laughs> and she
0: just laid back. She's like, Fair enough. Dude. <laughs> we were in Seattle, right? Yeah. And so she, I guess her, her tour bus, I. I saw this big bus parked out in front of this bar. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, I didn't know if it was like a, like a tour bus, tour bus, like right. a bunch of fucking people from Vancouver. I'm like, right, oh, yeah. I peek in there and it's like a little dive. I'm like, oh, cool. I go and sit down. I don't really see her. And she's with her and her manager, who I think is her husband now. Right. And uh, a couple of other people. I sit at the bar and I'm with a buddy of mine. And this homeless guy walks in and he's got this notebook. And um, he starts opening up the notebook and, I'm, and uh, looking at it. And I'm, I, in the notebook, I see the most perfect 3D-type drawings. And the lines are straighter than any fucking line I've ever seen in my life. And I go, uh, well, hey, what's with the notebook? And he was just like, and dude, straight up, homeless yeah, dude. Yeah, And I'm like, what was that? He was like, yeah. He just kind of mumbles something. I go, well, no, what's, uh, what are you drawing? And he goes, do you want to tell anybody? I go, no. And he goes, I'm the architect of time. And I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love when you get a guy. Like that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Right? So a lot of people. Day some, drinking will start happening yeah, with that. Right? When you hear that, you go, well, all right. Let's tequila for everybody. Yeah, let's go. Yukowski mode. Right? <laughs> so a lot of people would walk away from that. I'm, okay, buddy, you get 10 minutes. A lot, of, And I'm like, okay, let's hear it. And Lucinda Williams is one of those people who also is not walking away from weird. No. She's walking towards it. Totally. Well, obviously, as a comedian, my thought is I have to hear this story because I'm going to get a great story out of this. Yeah. Because he's clearly insane. Of course. Lucinda Williams comes over to learn something. Yeah. We're asking completely different questions. Yeah. She's asking sincere questions about what it's like to be the architect of time. Yeah, how can I, how can I go to 72? <laughs> yeah. Can you open page four and get Real? me to seventy two? Is that Real? notebook a time machine? Real questions. <laughs> so I'm yeah. before I can get into full comic douchebag mode. Yeah, he goes. Let me let me let me show you something. And he takes out a pencil, turns to a blank page, hand draws the straightest, crispest, crispest, crispish, crispest lines I've ever seen. Yeah, he freehands this drawing that looks like. You would need rulers and a fucking protractor. Yeah,
1: yeah you I, need one of those compasses with a yeah. pencil on it.
0: And I, my mind is like, oh my, he's freestyling this. She's describing a point in time, and he's drawing it for her. Wow. Wow. So the two of them are in their own little world. Yeah. And part of me, I'm not going to lie to you, was like, this could be real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're, all, yeah. you're also
1: like, do you have any of that stuff that you took outside <laughs> Yeah, you have any one of those pills in your yeah.
0: pocket? Yeah, man. The dude, she sat and talked to this homeless dude. Yeah. About time and creating time and being the architect of time. Yep. Hour, hour. But it was a fascinating conversation because at first I was going in for funny. Yeah. And then dude was well-spoken, articulate. Fucking, well, let me show you this. And he would draw something out. And I'd be like, clearly, dude, you were at some point really good. Yeah. At whatever it is. You, yeah, you actually you, did, you 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 actually were Frank Lloyd Wright's Yeah, like you, fucking, yeah. you know what I mean? Until the fucking schizophrenia yeah. set in. But it was amazing. But we went to Beth and I, my wife and I went to her house for a party. Lucinda Williams, maybe a month after that. Yeah. And uh Richard Lewis was there wow. and a bunch of people. Yeah, Ryan she, Adams, she there. He was was not. Okay. She was I mean, She's yeah. a unique woman. Yeah, she's definitely
1: an outlaw. Yeah, she's a real deal. I, I, you know, what's funny is when I meet a lot of people, and you meet the real deals, you're like, oh wow, yeah. I, it, I always think like, ah, uh, you know, I probably, I probably, I'm probably not that. Like in that level, maybe that's why I never made it as an artist. I'm thinking in my mind, but then when you hear other people describe you, they're like, "He's crazy, man. The guy, <laughs> fucking, you know, he's obsessed with leather jackets and he talks about fucking <laughs> comedy and rock and roll like a fucking Rain Man." You know, like somebody else describes you how we describe, fuck, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's funny. Yeah. Like we look at ourselves in one way; as and she normal. looks at herself as normal, probably yeah. too. And then everybody takes it in in a different way. I'm sure all of us are freaks to the guy that works at fucking, you know. I'm always curious
0: for people who have well, I mean, I kinda I I like I kind of know what my people who've never met me before. Yeah. I kind of know what is out there about me. I don't think it's a hundred percent spot on, but like you can't control You can't control that. Show. I know that because I always say that with me,
1: it's either you love me or you hate me. I know people that are like, oh, that fucking guy. You
0: know what I mean? Like, uh, I didn't hear any of that about you.
1: No, I'm just saying it's like, if it's like, a, I'm pretty like, I'm passionate. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. you know. And, and I know some people are like, oh, this guy's loud. You know, that kind of way. That's yeah. what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Like, I'm getting over here. But um, I have different surfaces of course, you know, if I'm talking to people at the store, I'm excited. I'm 50 years old. I'm at the comedy
0: store. I'm doing comedy. I'm alive. And your career is taking off. By the way, you and Joe Diaz <laughs> yeah. are hitting comedy in comedy strides after the age of 50. Yeah, it's By crazy. Way, thanks to podcasting yeah. and the internet and all that shit. Hard work. I mean, he's doing great.
1: I still have got a long way to go, you know, uh, and I know that and I know that. And believe me, I wouldn't even want to be headlining right now. Uh, but I have to to eat mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, the seventy five dollar feature spot, you know, isn't, I isn't paying rent. Um, and I and, and do I, you do any music stuff on stage? Never, never. I, 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 I never liked comedy rock ever. I took music so serious and I take comedy so serious. Yeah. I don't like the two together.
0: But you've done the goddamn comedy jam. Uh, yeah, but
1: I'm saying that's I wouldn't be a guy with a guitar or that In kind cell, of stuff. Yeah. It's just not
0: me. You I know? love doing the goddamn comedy jam.
1: Yeah. I, you know, to me, I did it once and it's it's great and everything, but that was my life. I understand comics that want to do For it. For us, right, it's that's com- what I'm yeah, saying. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, to me, it was my life. And you get into that thing of like, it's funny, man. And I had Jacob Dylan on the podcast and he said, well, I always knew you were going to be a comic uh, comic because the stuff in between the songs was so fucking magic, you know, the the raps and stuff. And for years, I was so angry that people would say, you should be a comic, man. You're so fucking funny. I'm like, I'm a fucking musician. You know what I mean? (laughs) I don't want to get into that. They see me sing one right. song at the comedy jam and they go, you ought to be a musician. It's like, yeah, no shit, dude. I did that for <laughs> fucking 25 yeah, years. Yeah. Where were you when Not I was really. doing music? Why <laughs> did I? you stop music? Uh, people ask me that all the time. Is it the
0: music business?
1: I always say, have you ever done anything 25 years?
0: I don't think so. Jerked off.
1: Yeah. But nobody has. Yeah. Nobody's had a, a job 25 years. Most people yeah. uh, No. in this day and age, of course, our fathers. Is, nobody's had a girlfriend 25 years or a boyfriend. Nobody's, um, you know, you know, done stuff for 25 years. And when you do something for 25 years and you love it so much, at the end of the road, I knew it was done three years before I left. I was just kind of like, you know, the illegal downloading mm-hmm. really was just kind of like the way people treated music. Like, eh, You know, I, when this happened to every gig, like, hey, you want to buy one of my CDs? Oh, no, my friend burned it for me. We love it. By the way,
0: I still buy. I buy music.
1: I know. I still buy. I buy music. I don't care. And, and whenever people, uh, comics that steal music and yeah. stuff, I say, you know what, man? How would you feel if you worked on your one hour... For two years, and then I just watched it one night, and then the next day, did your one hour on Showtime. You would go fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. Now think about that guy who just stole his music. The guy fucking at nine or ten years old learned an instrument had to get a paper route to buy it then he has to learn how to write songs then he has to find two, three, four, five five guys start a band hopefully some kind of chemistry happens then they grind it out in clubs getting robbed and still you know losing girlfriends and wives and family members over the year of your vision and and then one day you You happen to get a record deal. Somehow you go and record a record. It's your whole dream. And then somebody just goes, hey, click. Got that. And you don't get a nickel
0: for it after years and years. of Yeah, dude, it's fucking it's and I say it all. I say it with movies too. people like I torrented that you stole it. Don't put a different word in front of it. Yeah, you stole somebody else's work. Yeah. You stole somebody else's material. I know people are like, ha, ah, you know, they online all the time, where can I get this shit for free? Hey, I understand wanting discounts and all that shit. Yeah. But when you start getting things for free, and I love it, people are like, well, they don't need the money. It's not the point. That's crazy when they say, even when they said that about
1: Metallica back in the day point. on the Napster thing, it's like let me, let me put it this way too. Let's say you worked somewhere for 20 years free, which is comedy and music and acting and acting 20 years for free. And then by some fucking hard work, miracle, miracle and magic and, and, and grind you, you, you fucking hit a record, a hit song, a, uh, uh, whatever that money you get. Let's say you got a million dollars. That money would not even fucking come close to how much you worked for free. I work 7 days a week right now for free. 7 days a week. I tell it, people that podcast, all the time.
0: I'm it, being paid retroactive yeah, exactly. for the thousands of sets that I did. Exactly. For nothing. Yeah. Like, and like by the way, I'm not getting paid Bill Burr money. No. Like I'm still I'm not I'm I, but And he wasn't getting paid no, Bill Burr money until, until yeah years ago. Yeah, that guy fucking 20 years, you know. And then what people don't understand is, so say we work five to 10 years for free. Yeah. Then our window is this big, everybody. And then after 10 years, nobody wants to fucking hear from you again. No. Nope. So I do not want people like, well, no, no, no. You don't understand Our window is brief Yeah And for some people It's smaller Some people it's like Two or three years Dude Yeah I I fucking Buy your shit everybody My
1: day would make Your fucking head fall up Not you Because you're a comic But make people's heads Fall off of the amount of work I just flew in Yeah Just now I did seven nights Or seven shows At the uh, improv And then flew right in Got off a plane Rode my bicycle over here To talk to you Two hours Then I'm gonna go home edit my 300th episode of a podcast that I do 100% free and get all the guests myself and fucking host the thing, you know, I'm going to put that up and then I'm going to go out and do an open mic. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just like, and I'm not complaining or anything, but what
0: I'm saying is, but, uh, but also, but, but I, and 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 that, that speaks to the work (laughs) ethic man of, of, for a lot of us. But you know what else, you know, those days when I look back at the end of those days, yeah, I can honestly say on a day like this, I do a podcast, you know, you can see here, I was doing script notes, right? Yeah, yeah. It's work. But I love Oh god it. It's not work to me at all Do you know what mean? I mean yeah. It's work yeah. But I love Oh my it. god dude And that's why when people say You are unsuccessful Yeah Fuck you like You're out of your mind We're wearing our work clothes right now I'm yeah. wearing two different kinds of socks Yeah yeah I'm at work Do yeah. you know what I mean like, I'm wearing a Kiss shirt yeah. And rode a BMX bike <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Over to your house A BMX bike To a work A yeah. PK Ripper yeah. To work Yeah <laughs> So but that's the thing yeah. like, I, I'm with you man and, and, Oh and,
1: I never complain I love life man I yeah. love life And that's why when I got that done Diabetes I think that's Really why I was so Fucking I mean I was miserable man And but the I internet's in, your
0: fucking enemy with that Yeah
1: show. and I was in a dark place and and I, I, I as we Wrap it up I want to say I can't thank You enough you were the guy there for me There was Absolutely. no other guy could talk About it and now uh, people come and talk to me about it Which is great A guy just emailed me I'm doing a bit about uh, mm-hmm. Fuck sugar You know mm-hmm. On stage Diabetes Which by the way I haven't figured out How to get it all the way good yet Because it, it gets killer laughs And then I, as soon as I say Recently I was diagnosed with diabetes The room goes Fucking silent You're going to have to make a joke about that Yeah yeah And then uh, I, I, You know I'm, I'm working on some shit right now I got her Because yeah, That's not- when it goes Arr! Yeah, but people email me. A guy emailed me from New York, and he goes, "Dude, uh, I, I I work at an apartment place, and I'll try to f- help you find an apartment and stuff in New York." Uh, I just love what y- you're you're talking about. Fuck sugar, you know, because my whole family Dude. is you know
0: fucked up from sugar. And people it, people will it diabetes. Yeah. more so even than I think cancer. Yeah, if you know somebody. Yeah, Or you have it. And you know what else is crazy? And by the way, I'm not, everybody, I'm not saying fucking fuck cancer too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I think they said in L.A., which is supposed to be a healthy, my doctor, before he took off to Europe, told me that 68% of men over the age of 40 in uh, California are pre-diabetic and 80% of them don't know.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't have known unless I started. I, I'm, I feel good all the time so much that that's how fast I knew something was wrong. In a matter of a couple of days, I was like, whoa, something's wrong with yeah. me. Like big time, something's wrong with me because I always feel good. You know what I mean? Well, dude, I'm glad that you, and like I said, you look yeah, thanks
0: like a different person. You
1: helped me, dude. You're the one, man. Without it, I would have been like, I would have
0: taken those pills the I would have been worse. fucking completely And you reset your body naturally. Yeah man That's the thing like I I, I wish... was 32 pounds. You look like a different person
1: I dude. went from XL to medium. I'm wearing a this is a small by
0: the way, this yeah. shirt. And it looks a little big. That's a killer, too. That's a killer fucking. Yeah, right. Kiss Alive One, one of my favorites. Oh man. Um, dude, do you want to talk about your hour? Do you or because don't you aren't you gonna be running an hour? Ah, uh, you know what? I had a I had a brainstorm over I'm running it
1: tomorrow. Is it coming out today? tomorrow morning tomorrow yeah so to come tonight to the, the belly, belly room, room. 7 30 and uh, you want to come down to do a spot
0: i think i, I was going to come down for sure because spot because joe's gonna be down there too right yeah,
1: yeah. we're doing it yeah come yeah okay it's 7 30 yeah
0: so it's gonna be you yep. joey diaz yep and you and maybe uh
1: somebody else i can't say Perfect. but yeah it's gonna be big somebody good uh well there's already
0: that's you that's already a good lineup no but i'm saying oh, somebody, somebody. Yeah, He'll somebody go. really big. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> Not good.
1: I mean, we're all like no, Joey Diaz is a fucking like, monster. I, you know what? I, I think that he's one of the most genuine friends I've met in this biz, man. He's, like,
0: he's it's a genuine so, guy.
1: He's just so good and we have a chemistry when we talk to mu- about music. He's passionate about his music, dude. And yeah. I
0: was I, and I would tell you like for me, yeah. I'm passionate about music, but m- music for me is like TV and movies. Yeah. My memory for exact names of albums oh, and yeah. things like that I, are not Mine comes great. and goes, you yeah, know, yeah. a little
1: faded, but yeah, he remember and the response that I get when Joey and I talk about music on his podcast, we do it once a month. It is alarming talk about uh uh what's the book contagious talk about contagious man people fucking they well his people love they're passionate about music too because he is it's great man it's great and i love that sabbath
0: guy too he fucking loves himself some sabbath
1: i've been i've been lucky man to have some great friends in this comedy biz because it's pretty uh brutal out there uh, it's it's cutthroat and it's weird. When I started, I thought everybody's just pros, and you get behind the curtain, you're like, "Whoa, no, <laughs> well this is this is dark out here." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it can be. Well, when you play rock all your life, you just play the city with a band, and you get on your bus yeah. and you go to another fucking city. But with comedy, you're around 15-20 people every night, and ten of them are blowing up, and ten are going down, and three are starting to hit. And
0: yeah, and all it's a kinds whole of, different energy. Yeah, man, it's
1: really 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 hard so i'm lucky to have great guys like you man you fucking help me and absolutely uh, dude
0: absolutely and listen you. um i'm excited man i'm excited to come down yeah i i really uh i appreciate you coming and doing and riding the bike over here oh yeah yeah uh, moto over. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: wheelies yeah. bunny hops i
1: did some bunny hops you and did some don- bunny hops donkey kicks oh very nice Saw some garbage cans and donkey kicked them do you Can you do any tricks? I can uh, a little bit, but it's funny. My wrist. kick. It's weird when you're old now. Your wrist, you like, can't take the shock of jumping and shit.
0: It's so depressing. I made like eight old man noises this morning. Oh. And my son was like, you sound old. Oh, like, well, yeah. How you. old is your son? He's 19. Wow. wow, 19? Yeah, I'll show you up there. What the fuck? Done. 19? Uh, um and do you want to plug your Twitter or anything like that? Yeah, Twitter
1: at Dean Del Rey and Instagram at Dean Del Rey And that's R-A-Y. And then my podcast is Let There Be Talk. And uh, the 300th episode is out today. Uh, if you like music and, and handmade stuff in America, tune in. Guys,
0: this was one of my favorites. We love you. Talk soon.
1: Wow, thanks. Bye.